Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Define Beauty with Borboletta. I'm Kimber Janes. I'm Didi Monjar, and today we have the beautiful Sam Villabos. Hello. Did I say your name right? Or is it Sam Devereaux? It's, well, it's technically Villalobos. I haven't changed it yet. Villalobos. But Devereaux, it should be. <laughs> Both are really beautiful. Thank you. Do you Villalobos. have a middle name? Paige. So if I kept Villalobos, it'd be super long. <laughs> I'd say do it. Don't get rid of the Villalobos. I know. I don't want to. Well, welcome, Sam. It's so good to have you. Um, and you're a new mommy, so congratulations. Yes, thank yeah. you. I'm just sitting among these really beautiful, radiant new moms. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, being a mom is really fun. We were talking about this before we started filming. Have you been really surprised by... What's your, I know your baby's name, but, but can you tell everyone? Yeah, her name's Rooney. Rooney. And we call so her Roo. So, so cute. cute. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been really surprised as a new mom? Like, I guess everything's really surprising as a new mom, but what has surprised you the most? Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many new things with being a mom. Um, just probably breastfeeding. I didn't know how much work it really was when... I've just heard about breastfeeding. I didn't look breastfeeding up. I didn't read about it. Nothing about that. But I knew that I wanted to at least try to breastfeed my baby. But that takes a lot of work. And it's very tiring. And it hurts really bad. We're over that hump now. Um, But that really did surprise me. I didn't know how hard it really was. So props to all you moms out there. It's literally... You're right. It's very hard. And it's very time-consuming. I, in fact, myself had a little (laughs) breastfeeding mishap today. Um, So I was getting my hair done. I go to the salon that's like 45 minutes away from my house. And I finished the appointment, left the salon. Uh, I was going to pump on my car ride home, which is like one of the more convenient things about like breastfeeding now is that you can do like the hands-free pumping and stuff but I you know got everything all set up and I was literally driving down the freeway and my so I was getting ready for a meeting to call into my phone died and my pump died oh boy (laughs) (laughs) and I'm 45 minutes away from my house and from the office and so I pulled into a gas station (laughs) I did. I pulled into a gas station and I um, went inside and I bought one of those kind of like cheaper wall chargers and I plugged in my wall charger and I plugged in my pump and I sat there and waited for both to charge and conveniently it was in the corner called (laughs) the bear cave. Oh my god. I mean, Are you talking about like <laughs> when they have like the specific refrigerated section just for in beer? the corner? <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about, Dee. Yeah. How long? Twenty minutes. Oh, oh yeah, you, Kim called me <laughs> to say what had happened. I was like, "Where were you? Like, <laughs> I went I off the grid for twenty minutes." <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, honestly, respect, though. Like, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to your point, Sam, yes, it is a lot of work. <laughs> and yeah. we do a lot of crazy things to, <laughs> to make sure that um, it's a success. But, yeah. Including charging phones and pumps at Maverick by the beer cave. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to have to tell Scotty that story someday about totally. how much I really... For you. <laughs> what I really did for her. But, yeah, really, I agree with you. Shout out to all, all mamas out there. Like, you guys are amazing working moms 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 breastfeed moms that don't breastfeed it's all so hard and navigating that new space of being a mom I have also realized just how difficult that is so I I do have a newfound respect I'm sure you do too Sam for just everything that a mom goes through (laughs) same even I'm obviously not a mom but seeing so many women that I'm close to go through it I honestly did not realize that after you have a baby you only get two to three hours of sleep it's perpetual napping and I yeah I can't imagine what that's like so mad props (laughs) well Sam again it's so good to have you on the podcast you are one of those people that when I think of you I instantly smile because you just say whatever is on your mind but you say it in such a way that it's relatable and it's funny and you're like it's like pure it is (laughs) you're just kind of like that it girl but you don't even know how it you are and that's how I think of you not only is your personality just phenomenal but um you're an amazing lash artist you have a cult following you do I like people just Mm -hmm. absolutely love you I'm part of it. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I feel so special. Um, and then you're a really amazing educator. And I think part of the reason why you resonate so much with your students is is just what I was saying earlier. Is just the person that you are. You're, you are so cool and so relatable, but like you don't come across that way. And I, I think sometimes you don't even realize like how cool you are. So it's really fun to have you on the show today. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And also I can that and say, I think it's because you're so genuine and kind. I remember I had only been working at Borboletta for like a couple months and you gave me an invite to your wedding and I went. <laughs> it was so fun and you were so sweet and I ate a bunch of donuts. Um. Donut kebabs. Those yeah. are so good. So good. So anyway, yeah. I'll second that. It's really cool to have you here. Um, we'll start with our questions for you. Numero uno. I could do it in French, too. Wow. Oh, do it in French. Yeah. Numéro un. Ooh, I like that better. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. What is a must-have beauty product for you right now? So I just bought a couple items, makeup items. I know everyone's probably already tried it, but I am jumping on the bandwagon. Um, it's by It Products, and I love their Bye Bye Under Eye oh, Concealer. yeah. And then their Bye Bye... Um, CC cream. Yeah. Like, I love it. That's all I've been wearing, especially just being a new mom. I don't really put makeup on at all. What do you love so, about it based off of other creams and stuff that you've used? I feel like it just blends really, really well. It has that. Like, it's more like full coverage. Yeah. I have, I got the under eye cream in a Ipsy bag, and it's like, last me forever. It's like, you need the tiniest yeah, bit. Yeah, the teeniest like, bit. Like, no matter what, I always use too much. And I'll even use it as spot treatments I use that, all yeah. over my face. I use it as concealer. I love the CC cream. What's your so skin much. type? I'm normal, I would say. <laughs> I would say pretty normal. Just because I feel like 
some of that stuff doesn't, you know, like an under eye cream and stuff, I think mm-hmm. it works really good for certain skin types True. and then not so great for others. But yeah, like I'm a normal skin type. So yeah, I, I might try that too because I'm lack of sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely need that yeah. when I go out. It lasts so long. It's, I don't know how much it is, but I'm sure it's worth it. <laughs> I think it was like 20 to $30, not yeah, too bad. For sure. Oh, cool. But yeah, those have been my favorite two products right now. Cool. I'll have to try the CC cream. Do it. <laughs> Numero de. Ooh. <laughs> Who is a girl crush? Let me think. There's so many on Instagram. So, I mean, she's not a lash artist or lash related. That's okay. But she's more skincare. And I think she's out of Idaho. It's LW Skincare. And she is amazing. She does like a skin university and will go over just all types of things with skin. And I want to go to her one day in Idaho. Cool. Where in Idaho? I'm not exactly sure. In Idaho. <laughs> but she was at the up. beauty. That's so cool. She was yeah. at the Beauty Maven Summit um, at the Borblood headquarters cool. when they did that last. So she's really fun to listen to and really informative. So I would look her up. LW cute. Skincare. Are you looking her up? Her name's Lori, and she's super cute. That's awesome. Rush to our phones. <laughs> there she is. Okay, I actually have ended up on her page before. Have you? Probably from the Beauty Mavens. She's so fun. She um, is. Love her pink hair, obvi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day I'm going to come to you, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming One for day. You. <laughs> but yeah, I also noticed how educational she is, which I think is so cool and fun. She's so beautiful. I love Isn't her she? edge and her pink hair. Yeah. Me too. Okay, numéro trois, la dernière question. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to speak French. <laughs> Teach us. What is a guilty pleasure you have? All right, we were talking about this earlier, me yeah. and Dee <laughs> So, it's TV when it comes to me. I watch a lot of TV, especially now when I'm hanging out with baby at home and when she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. But I love, my guilty pleasure is watching Intervention <laughs> and all of the live PD. I don't know why. All of that just What's is so like- interesting and is it just cracks me up. You can ask Kelly Ray, too. When we go out on trainings, we'll be just sitting in our hotel room like, let's watch Intervention. Oh, that's so funny because Kelly's a guilty pleasure was also trashy TV. Oh, there you go. She watched, like, 90 Day Fiance and things oh, like yep. that. That's so funny. Love it. So props to you because I have tried so hard to get into a reality TV series or actually any TV series, and I haven't been able to. I just feel like Scotty's schedule is so demanding. But I think also, too, I didn't really take a mat leave. And I haven't decided yet if that was a really positive thing or if that was a negative thing. But, like, I think a lot of it, there was just a lot going on at work. And then there was a lot going on with Scotty. And I think I just needed that work-life balance and things to go back to. So what do you, like, how do you feel, Sam? Because... You did take a mat leave. Yeah. So how are you feeling about jumping back into everything? And how long was your mat leave? So I took about six weeks off. And I feel like that's pretty average. I've talked to other like artists, slash artists, about how long they took off when they were on maternity leave. So I'm like, okay, six weeks seems do- doable, but it's already gone by so fast. I'm almost like can I have two more weeks, (laughs) but I need to get back to work. I miss my clients. Mm. So I actually start back up next week on Monday and I'm really excited to see all my clients. 
Um, but it is a little nerve-wracking because obviously I did have to refer clients out for while I was gone. So it's kind of scary, you know, figuring out who's going to be coming back and wanting right. to get back on my books or who's going to stay. Right, because it's <laughs> like you want to refer them to people that you trust because you yes. want them to be taken care of while you're gone. But it's like a weird line of you don't want them to like fall in love so much right. that they don't come back. I felt that way even as a lash artist going on vacation. Truly. Like, mm -hmm. I remember taking my honeymoon and I was gone for, from, like, the time of the wedding until I got back from my honeymoon. It was two weeks. And so I had to refer some clients to other artists. And I remember thinking, I like, maybe I won't ever see these people again. Maybe they will fall in love with somebody else. And that was just two weeks' time. And looking back now, I really don't think I lost a client. And I, I just feel like it's one of those things where your clients are so invested in you and invested in your life. You always will lose a couple clients here and there. I always say that the, the um, beauty industry and working with clients is you opt to get hired and fired every single day. So if you keep that in mind, knowing that like you always will have some drop off, but like your most loyal clients should always come back to you. That's interesting. No, totally. Yeah, and I'd be dying to come back to you, Sam. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Me too. I have been dying to come back to you. <laughs> I know it's been Was a while. Was she blacklisted from you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, Sam's just, I'm just really kidding. honest. No, I love you. <clears throat> I'd be honored if you. Are came you back. available after this podcast? <laughs> um, tomorrow. Just kidding. I gotta go feed baby when I get home. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> it is 100 I'm, degrees I'm in this so room. I'm sorry. Like, I am roasting. Well, the sun is shining on us. I'm sorry, Sam. It's okay. We both have babies okay. waiting for us at home. It's Stuck fine. Stuck in this oven. Oh, my God. Literally. Oh. Okay, back on track. Okay. So, Sam, you've been lashing for around six years, right? Yes. And... You have, like, some pretty loyal clients that, like, have been with you from the beginning, right? Yeah. I'm sure most of them will stick around, right? You would think. Like, that's what you're hoping, <laughs> right? What has that been like as you've grown as an artist? How do you make sure that you're getting what you deserve, but also keeping your loyal clientele? So, obviously, you want to raise your prices. I mean, the more classes you take, the more experience. Right. You should be raising your prices, you shouldn't be just staying at the same price forever. And I feel like I keep my loyal clients by not only my work, but obviously they're there for you and your personality. Mm -hmm. um, your brand. Yes, and your brand. So I just raised my prices just recently. I sent out a text to all my clients that I'm coming back and that I am raising my prices by about $10. Oh, yeah, so that's, like, another yeah. layer of, like, the anxiety. Like, yeah, and hey, it I is scary. Like, obviously, I've been in the industry for a while, and every time I do raise my prices, it still is scary to me, and I question myself sometimes, but, I mean, we're here to grow, right? And if you're not growing, you're not going to make more money, yeah. too. <laughs> and it's almost like your most loyal clients are the ones who have seen you grow the most, yeah. So it's almost like they should appreciate mm -hmm. or they should understand the most the raise in prices because they've been like when you were doing my lashes two years ago, like the change in the increase in quality, like I've oh, seen yeah. that. I felt that. Yeah, I'm gonna pay you more. 
Yeah, and I definitely do still have a bunch of clients from day one when I first took my Borboleta class in 2014 that have stuck with me. That That's is so really fun. awesome. <laughs> I know, I love so it. Who was your model in the class? Do you remember? My friend Daisha. I don't uh -huh. do her lashes, but... I remember, yeah, my friend Daisha was there. It was uh -huh. at the Platinum Salon or something in Lehigh. Oh, <laughs> it was like orange. the very, yeah. Such an OG. Yes. It Ooh. was like the very, very like sad <laughs> No, that was really like when Aaron and I were pretending to sell out classes. And I say that in quotation. <laughs> That's so cool, What Sam. do you mean? Like you weren't actually selling out? No, we definitely were not selling out. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, you got to do that business tip fake it till you make it make you seem busier than you are you'll get more yeah, clients i think it works sometimes <laughs> and it definitely worked in that situation but not to get too on a tangent but yeah sam when you took that training i was working on the main floor at platinum studio and i was um doing lashes at the salon and then upstairs there was like this little conference room that um was shared by the salon and a dental office and we basically hijacked the conference room and moved out the conference table and did a makeshift training there. I've, I've never told that yep. story. Oh. That's kind of more of like Erin's story to tell because she did those trainings. I facilitated the, um, the venue and helped market through the Borboleta Instagram, but Erin was the real OG in those trainings. I kind of like came and went because I was still lashing downstairs, <laughs> but <laughs> pop upstairs. Yeah. Like I would be like, Hey, I'm the owner of Borboleta, but I'm also lashing downstairs. But yeah, Aaron, um, Aaron was definitely the pioneer and like really pushing those trainings during that day. So that that's really cool. I can't believe that you were in those trainings. Yeah. That, that was so long cool. ago. It's crazy. Um, I do have a question, Sam. What are your prices right now? This is something that people ask me all the time, and I'm like, you guys, I lashed 10 years ago. You can't go off of my pricing. <laughs> what yeah. were your prices really quick? Okay, so good question. $40 for a fill. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> okay, this is 10 years ago. Yes. And I was also Kim lashing. If you listen to previous episodes, you know why. Um, <laughs> and then my full sets, ironically... They shifted. Sometimes they were. <laughs> sometimes they were a hundred dollars. Sometimes they were a hundred and fifty. Do you know? I would love to do like a reenactment series of like a young Kim lashing. Right. Kim the for young you, lash artist. Hundred fifty. Hundred for you. No. <laughs> Accurate. Kidding. Okay. Um. Anyway. Oh. So what's your pricing? Oh yeah. Okay. So we're in Utah, right? And it is a very saturated market. Um, I've noticed that more south of me, so I'm just north of Salt Lake, but more south like around Lehigh and Provo, um, people don't charge as much down there for whatever reason. Do you think it's because they're trying to stay competitive? I think yes. With, as far as pricing? Also, I don't know, maybe they think that people won't pay as much yeah just to preface i lashed in provo so one of the more less expensive markets that you're talking about that's definitely a concern yeah. that i've heard is like people won't pay this much for lashing mm -hmm. or my competition is charging a lot less do you experience that yes but there are those clients that will pay that like not everyone will pay the higher price but there are people who will pay that. So I feel like a lot of people, they're scared to raise their prices, but you would be surprised at how many people will pay that. So oh, I'm yeah. up more north <laughs> right. 
and I'm in Davis County, and there there are so many good artists in Utah, especially in my area. Um, and I will say I am on the higher end of pricing, so it is scary for me to raise it. But I know um, my worth, and I do quality work. I use quality products, and I'm always trying to continue my education. So just based off of that, I got to give myself credit and raise those prices, especially now that I do have a baby. Um, I need to help provide for the family. And you don't have to explain all that to your clients, even though you feel like you do. Um, your clients, your loyal clients will understand that, and maybe the ones that don't will ask you. So when I started raising my prices for my clients coming back now, I kind of thought about it, um, wrote in my notes in my phone like what I wanted to say and send out to all my clients. And at first, I was overdoing it. I had my sister read over it, and she was kind of like, okay, you're explaining too much. Like, you don't need to explain that much. They should understand. So I kind of went back through and took stuff out because I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, she is right. I don't need to explain every little detail on why I'm raising my prices. Right. Your client should respect that and understand that. The ones that don't, you can explain it to them later if they ask. And if they can't afford it or don't want to pay that, pay that price, then they can leave and you can refer them to someone else. But you do need to keep raising your prices over time. And your clients that respect you and love your work and love your personality, they'll stay. Right. So even though there are a bunch of great artists around me that maybe just as good as me or even better than me that pay less. The clients I feel like that value me and like me for my personality and all that, those ones are going to stay and those ones are going to be lifetime clients. Right? Yeah. I it's totally like agree. it's a two-way relationship. Like you want to build mm -hmm. an ideal clientele and when you do, those people are going to value the expertise that you bring to their lashes. Totally. And so you can't cater even if someone's been with you forever it's like you're providing a really high quality service and you deserve the type of client that values and respects that and is willing to step up to the table and pay for that right. because you're worth it totally and I mean I do take longer on my fills versus I know others you know have time limits maybe take an hour hour and 15 hour and a half and they could be charging you know 15 bucks 10 bucks less than me but I am charging on a higher end and I am taking my time. I am taking the full two hours so that I make sure I get them full and I can focus on their shaping and all of that. So that's kind of what I can explain to them too if I have some of those clients that are questioning that price raise. Yeah, that's something you've talked about on social before is really taking your time because I think that a trend that a lot of especially new artists are looking for is like how do I get faster mm -hmm. and yes. you talked about how important it and like how quality sets take time and that's okay definitely yeah. yeah I think something else interesting that you brought up Sam is just what your price entails and I think this is really interesting for anybody that is setting their prices for anything it doesn't have to be lashes it can be hair it can be anything in the service industry I saw a meme or a post one time. <laughs> I saw a post and it was really cool. It was talking about how as a service provider, we set our prices and what people don't consider is that in that price, we also pay for our own health insurance. 
we pay for our studio, we pay for our products, and the list goes on and on. And it's like all those behind the scenes costs that we don't think about. Um, and so when you see a cost and it's like, okay, it's $80 for a fill, and the client's like, well, your products cost you probably $10. It's like, no, actually, and this is where you can educate in more of like a soft way, but actually I have to provide my family insurance. I have to provide all my products. I have to provide the list goes on and on. So I just thought that was really interesting that we don't see as a client all of the things that a service provider actually pays and, and does on their own. That's so true. I've never thought about that before. But also, it's like, so what? It's like, it's a luxury service. If mm-hmm. you don't want to pay for it, you don't have to. And that's what I think where it comes back to is like, finding your ideal clientele. Like, you want a clientele that it's not going to be so cheap like that. You know, like, you don't want a clientele that's like, oh, you're upping your prices again. Like, you want a clientele that's like, yeah, like, you deserve that, right? Totally. But, I don't know. Somebody deals with those clients. <laughs> and, I mean, yeah, I still even have maybe one or two that are kind of on that line. Yeah. So, we'll see if they come back or not. But Do you want to share your exact pricing? Yeah, I can share it. <laughs> so, again, we're in Utah. Okay, yes. Utah pricing is different, right? Yeah. Um, but in my area, I am charging two fifty for volume full sets, and that can take me anywhere from three to four hours, depending on how many natural lashes they get. But I try to get one hundred percent coverage. And then my fills, I used to go by time, um, but now I'm deciding to just go by one fill price. So my volume fill price is ninety dollars. So you, in your area, you're, like, one of the more expensive lash artists? Yeah, I would say I am more on the is higher there, price end. Is there something you could say to lash artists? Because, like you said, like, you're in a saturated market. You know that there's a lot of talented, talented artists around you. You've sent your clients to some mm-hmm. of them. Is there something you could say to artists to motivate them to take that leap of faith and raise their prices? Yeah, I would just say... Like, believe in yourself. It is scary. Even I go through that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to get my clients back? Are people going to want to come to me? And I promise you, you'll have clients. If your um, current clientele, some of them drop off, which they should. You probably will lose a few, which is okay. There's always going to be other clients out there that will come to you who want that quality work and the quality product and who want to come to you because of your personality and because you are so knowledgeable and all of that. But it is scary, but if you can just take that leap of faith, I promise you, you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. What did you do that actually built your clientele? Oh, man, let me think. (laughs) Honestly, it isn't just, you know, being knowledgeable and using good product. Um, I feel like it is being personable and wanting to get to know your clients, asking them how their day went, not, you know, talking about yourself during the whole appointment, but asking about them. And yes, we are kind of therapists in our own ways. Um, but I feel like when your client comes for their appointment, they really just want to talk to you and kind of let off steam. So just being really personable and you know, caring about them and letting them see that you care about them and are genuine about, you know, them and what's going on in their lives. 
even though it is draining sometimes, <laughs> right? If you have a full day of clients that are kind of just putting all their problems on you, I feel like that really does make a difference when you let them talk to you about kind of their problems or how their day was going. Um, that really does make a big difference on why they come to you. Yeah. So you took a Borboletta training back in like, like we mentioned the really early Borboletta yes. days. What was your first step in getting clients after that training? So I went back home and the few clients I did have, I just started practicing volume on them and transitioning them, transitioning them um, from classic to volume in their fills. And I didn't even really ask if they wanted volume. I just started kind of doing it um, the last 30 minutes. And then after that, I would kind of ask them, so I've been adding volume in. Do you want to continue to do volume or we can go back to classic? And of course they were hooked on volume. And then ever since then, I feel like I kept getting referrals from people and everyone wanted strictly volume. They were obsessed with it. And that's kind of when volume started booming um, around that time. How many years ago was that? So that was in 2014. So about five years ago. That's crazy how long when I look back. Okay. A long time ago. You're wearing a really cute shirt that says, I'm a nicer person with lashes and a tan. Yes. <laughs> Where is your shirt from? So recently this year, I decided to start a lash apparel website, Lash and Beauty. So I had this tea made and it's embroidered. It says, I'm a nicer person with lashes and a tan, which is so true. And it's sad that like my lashes are pretty much gone. Because I've been on maternity leave. Like, I'm, they're so sad. Um, I honestly do feel like 100 bucks. A million bucks when I do have my lashes on, though. And my skin is tan and bronzed. But, yeah, it's um, the Lash Enthusiast Collection. So, if you guys are obsessed with lash apparel, <laughs> go check it out. Cute. Thank you. So, Sam, you have obviously built an amazing career as a lash artist. I feel like you do so many things. You are truly an artist. Um, you can charge an amazing price for your clients. I mean, anybody that knows your work would pay for it. And then on top of it, you travel around, you educate for Borboletta. But then you also started this really cool product line. Um, so I just feel like you're just like a really cool entrepreneur, badass woman and everything on top of it, you've become a mom lately. So do you feel like your definition of beauty as all of these things, plus being a mom, do you feel like that's changed? I would say, yeah, it has a little bit, especially, you know, coming back from having a baby, your whole body obviously has changed a lot and it's going to take time. <laughs> <laughs> to get back, you know, to where I was at. But yeah, I would definitely say it has changed since I've had a baby. Okay, so it's changed. So what is your current definition of beauty and how has it changed? Beauty to me is embracing all of your flaws and imperfections that make you you. Yes. Like, what was it about going through your pregnancy and giving birth that affected that? So I've always kind of from a younger age, had a problem with like self-image, I guess you could say. I always was a little bit scared of getting pregnant just because of the whole body change and all of that. Oh, yeah. 
but I'm actually I actually surprised myself coming out of it because I actually am okay with how I look right now even though I don't look the way I did before. I don't have that, you know, nice beach body or whatever for summer. I'm okay with how I am and I actually love my new body, so. What helped you feel that way? Just being a mom, like I, my body went through all this change for a purpose. I'm being able to breastfeed my baby and provide her, you know, with all the nutrients and everything she needs. So just becoming that a new mom and realizing all of that stuff has made me feel okay in my new body. That's, Kim, you've talked about that too, just like you've been able to look at your body more of like what it's capable of doing mm -hmm. versus what it should, air quote, look like. Sam, I think that's so powerful. One of the things that actually turned my mind around and got me into the right space was Blake Lively, and I talked about this on a previous episode, but I was so moved by this Blake Lively, who a lot of us probably look to as like the pinnacle of what a perfect woman should be. Um, came out after having a couple of kids and said, my body is not um, ready for a Victoria's Secret runway, but I literally created life and I can support life. And that to me is more empowering. And for whatever reason, that was the moment that I was completely turned around. I finally looked at myself with a positive body image and thought that, you know, I might not be ready for a runway, may not ever, but I'm so proud of, of what I can do and what I'm capable of. And um, I had a new respect for all women and what we are capable of. And it really inspired me in a whole different way. And, and yeah, Sam, I agree. Like, do I feel like I'm ready to take on a beach? No, but I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm more confident than I ever have been. And I feel like I don't have to pretend, meaning I don't have to um, facetune or Photoshop a photo before I post it. Like, I'm happy being the person that I am um, with, with so much pride um, in the fact that I've been able to create an amazing human and um, I stand behind that. And I think that's really powerful that a lot of women, we really don't look at our capabilities. Instead, we look at um, things that are more critical to us. Yeah. Amen. To the ladies. That. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. We love you. Thank you. Where can we find you on social? It's Sam underscore Borboletta. And do you have a page for your apparel line? Yes, it's a long one, but the Lash Enthusiast Collection. <laughs> okay, and you can join the conversation with us at DefineBeauty underscore Borboletta or at Borboletta Beauty. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, and we will see you next week. Bye. Ciao.